Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching, The Gospel, the Power of God. I want to talk to you this morning about something I call the gospel, the power of God, the gospel, the power of God. And it may seem kind of fundamental and basic to most of you, but sometimes we need to get back to the basics. We need to remember where we came from so we can see where we're going. Amen. All right. So the Bible makes it clear that Jesus set the example for us in his earthly ministry exactly how the gospel of the kingdom was to be preached. And make no mistake, Jesus preached a gospel of power with signs and wonders following, as did the apostles and regular people just like you and me. I want to tell you that the power of God cannot be separated from the gospel of Jesus Christ. People try to do that, but it cannot be separated from the gospel. The power of God is not just an attribute Or a characteristic of the gospel. No, the word says that the gospel is the power of God. It's the embodiment of the gospel. It's the essence of the gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are power. The gospel is the power of God. Amen. And that's borne out in the word here in Romans chapter 1, 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the first half of the verse. And we're going to read it in the King James Version. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Roman believers. And he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, For it is the power of God unto salvation. So let's break this verse down and see what we can learn. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That word there is a word that means good news. It actually means almost too good to be true good news. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel or the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God. That word there is the word dunamis in the Greek. And it means explosive power. For I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it is the explosive power of God unto, that word there means resulting in, salvation. That is the Greek word soteria, and it means salvation, healing, and deliverance. Amen. So with all this in mind, we could read Romans 1.16 like this. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ, for it is the explosive power of God resulting in salvation, healing, and deliverance. Amen. And I think it's important for modern day believers to understand that Jesus commissioned the church to do the same things that he did and walk in the same power that he walked in when he was on the earth. We find that in John chapter 14. Verse 12 and 13, we're going to read it this time in the New King James Version. That's John chapter 14, verse 12 and 13. This is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. 
and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Verse 13 is key here. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. Now, a lot of people think that this these two passages or these two verses here are talking about prayer. And I suppose in a generic sense, that may be true. But the focus of these two verses is not prayer, but is doing the works of Jesus in his name, representing him. Amen. And if you break down that verse 13 there in the original language, it says something like this. And whatever you ask require or demand in my name representing me Jesus says I'll do it that the father may be glorified in the son I felt the anointing on that this is a revelation that we need to get and we need to keep and we need to walk in amen so what does that say to me it says that the onus for the miracle or the healing or the deliverance is not on you it's on Jesus He's saying, you do your part and I'll be there. It'll be just like I'm there. I will do it. If you do it in my name, representing my name, it'll be just like I am there and I will do it. Amen. It takes all the pressure off of you. Amen. Because you can't heal a flea. You know, the only power that you have is the power that was given to you, that flows through you. You're just a conduit. Jesus is saying, if you do it in my name, representing me, I'm right there and I'll carry out whatever you ask, require or demand. It's an awesome promise from God. Amen. So what God did then through Jesus, he now does through born again, spirit filled believers in that right. That includes you and me. And anyone who may be listening to this podcast that is a spirit-filled believer. Furthermore, I want to say you can search the scriptures through and through. And I promise you, you will not find a statute of limitations for the power of God for the works of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. None of these things have passed away. Amen. They're still in operation today. So let's use Romans 1.16 to make a statement and to form an outline for my message today. When unashamedly and boldly preached, the gospel of Jesus Christ releases the explosive power of God resulting in salvation, healing, and deliverance. Amen. So let's take these one at a time, starting with salvation. First of all, the term salvation by definition is not restricted to spiritual salvation, but it can also mean rescue or preservation from physical harm. But I really want to concentrate on spiritual salvation this morning because it is the most important. Knowing Jesus is Lord, being born again is a life or death issue. And everything we do as the people of God should be done with that goal in mind, getting people saved the old timers used to say it like this there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun and if you ever got a vision of hell trust me you don't want even your worst enemy going to that place 
You want to do everything in your power to keep people out of that place. I want to begin with the topic of salvation by sharing a story where the Apostle Peter preached the gospel of salvation on the day of Pentecost. It's an awesome story. And we begin at Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 in the New King James Version. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Now, this is the story of Pentecost. And I have to share a little bit about that because it really forms the basis of everything I'm going to say from this point forward. Uh, you could say it's a launch pad for a rocket to take off from. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. First mention of a Japanese car in the Bible. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen for that. Thank you, Jesus, for tongues. What a wonderful, powerful tool. What a wonderful, powerful gift. I don't know where I'd be in my life if I didn't talk in tongues. I've been praying in tongues for 47 years. Amen. I can't believe it. You know, the devil comes to me, tries to say to me that this gibberish and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I've been doing it for 47 years, devil. You're wasting your time with me. I've seen what tongues can do in my life. So get the picture. Jesus had told his closest followers to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, to wait for the power before they went anywhere, before they did anything. Amen. So after praying and searching the scriptures for 50 days after Jesus was raised from the dead, 120 of those followers were all together in an upper room in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit and the power of God descended on that place. Oh, don't you know, it must have been a wonderful sight. Amen. And one of the ones who got filled with the Holy Spirit was the Apostle Peter. So after hearing all the commotion, a crowd drew around the place where they were meeting to find out exactly what was going on. Think about it. 120 people filled with the Holy Ghost and power, a giant rushing mighty wind, flames of fire on every one of their heads, and they start streaming out of the upper room into the streets of Jerusalem, and naturally, or should I say supernaturally, it drew a crowd. And Peter seized the opportunity. He got up and he began to boldly preach the gospel to them. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 in the New King James Version. This is Peter preaching. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Amen. I want to let you know ahead of time, you're going to receive excerpts this morning of Peter's sermon go back sometime in acts chapter 2 and read the whole sermon it is awesome 
But for the sake of time, we're going to hit the high points. So go on down to verse 36 in Acts chapter 2. And we'll pick it up there. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. So much for this passing away through the generations. Amen. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Stop and think about that. Because of the power of God on display in Jerusalem, the church of Jerusalem went from 120 to 3,120 in about an hour. That's pretty amazing. Now, there's a lot of things we can glean from these passages that I just read you, but here's a few that stand out to me. That really bless me. And I believe it will bless you as well. Peter was absolutely transformed. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Before Peter was filled with the Spirit. He denied three separate times. That he even knew the Lord. And he deserted Jesus. In his darkest hour. When he needed him the most. Remember Jesus said. Could you not just pray for me one hour. I'm so depressed. I want to lay down and die. And Peter and James and John, they were not there for him in his darkest hour. But after Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit, he was like a different man. He got up and boldly preached to the very same crowd he'd been afraid of earlier. The ones who called for and were responsible for nailing Jesus to the cross. And as a result, 3,000 people got saved. And added to the church of Jerusalem that day. Amen. Isn't that just like God? I'm going to take the ones that put me on the cross. And they're going to form the foundation of the church in Jerusalem. Isn't that awesome? You know, God doesn't think like we think. He's not stupid. He's got his own way of doing things. That's a line from Brother Norval Hayes. One of my favorite ones from him. So what made the difference in the life and ministry of Peter? Was it because he read the scriptures for 50 days waiting for the Holy Ghost? What was it that made the difference? Well, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? The difference was the power of God was on him and in him. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It makes a huge difference when you preach the gospel with power as opposed to preaching the gospel without any power. Why would anybody be attracted to a God who has no power today? Listen, all he can do is save you. Then you just kind of hold on to you sort of eke out of this life. And there's a better life for you in heaven. But you don't walk in victory. You don't get any blessings. There's nothing for you here. That's not a very attractive gospel. We need to preach the gospel with power. Amen. And not be afraid to do so. 
So what this all tells me is if we want to preach the gospel with power like Peter did, we got to use the same power that Peter had. And if you're born again, you're spirit filled, that power already lives inside of you. We all know this. We hear it. It's almost like a cliche, but it needs to be beyond a cliche. It needs to be a revelation. We have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of us. And everywhere we go, we carry that power with us. I believe there needs to be an increased awareness of that fact. Whether you're witnessing one-on-one or preaching to thousands, you need the power of God operating in your life. Amen? And just so you know, there's a difference when you preach and there's a difference when you share. Okay, One-on-one, you don't get in somebody's face and say, Jesus is Lord. You got to turn or burn. You know, <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about when I say witness with power. I'm talking about there's a time where you can witness calmly and share the word firmly and calmly and it'll be delivered with power. You don't have to yell at people. You don't have to slap them around. So indeed, Jesus told his followers that they would need the power of the Holy Spirit to be effective witnesses for him. Acts chapter one, verse eight. Acts chapter one, verse eight, New King James Version. Jesus said after he was raised from the dead, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And it turns out that the same Greek word translated power in Romans 1.16 is also translated power here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It is that word dunamis. It means explosive power. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus was saying that believers would receive explosive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And that power would transform them into powerful witnesses for the Lord in their hometown, in their region, and all over the world. Amen. In fact, Jesus felt so strongly about the power of God. I said this before. It bears repeating that he told his closest followers not to leave home, not to go anywhere, not to do anything until they got the power. Luke 24, 49 says that if you want to look it up later. As we wait to see how the landscape of the churches might have changed as a result of the coronavirus crisis, there's one thing that hasn't changed and will not change. People still need the gospel. They need some good news So many people are afraid. There's a spirit of fear that's overtaken the land. And it's up to us to bring the power that's in us with us wherever we go, whatever we do, and whoever we meet in the course of our lives. Even in what we consider to be incidental contact with somebody, there's an opportunity to work the power of God into that person, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with power. With boldness. People need to know that Jesus loves them. And he still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. Amen. When unashamedly and boldly preached. The gospel of Jesus Christ releases the explosive power of God. 
resulting in healing. Now, I want to say up front that there can be emotional healing and there can be physical healing when the power of God is released into a person's life. But I want to concentrate on physical healing because it's not quite as complicated as emotional healing. Amen? All you women say amen. I want to share the story of how Peter healed the lame man at the beautiful gate of the temple. It's a wonderful story. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. In the New King James Version. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. New King James. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. By Jewish time frame, that would be three o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, most of you young pups don't remember this song. He went walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Clap, clap. That's the way we would do it back in the 70s, back in the day. Amen. So when the lame man looked at Peter and John, he expected them to give him some money. But Peter said to the man, now this is my paraphrase. I don't have any money on me right now, but I'll give you what I do have. I've got the power of God in me. I've got the name of God in me. I've got the name of Jesus in me, and I've got authority to use it. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. That was fun to say. And the Bible says, immediately the man who was lame received strength in his feet and his ankle bones that he'd never had before. And he walked for the first time ever in his life. Amen. No wonder he was walking and leaping and praising God. Who knows how many years he was waiting there at the temple just to receive some money never dreaming that he would one day walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God as he entered the temple with Peter and John. They took the power into the temple with them. Amen. And if you read the rest of the story, you find out that Peter did the same thing that he did on the day of Pentecost. He used the display of God's miracle working power and seized the moment and preached the gospel boldly and unashamedly to the crowds that gathered as a result of this miracle. And if you read on in chapter 4, you find out that as a result, the church of Jerusalem grew again. This time, the Bible says to 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. So, you know, by my math, the church of Jerusalem could have grown to as many as ten to 15,000 people. 
in a very short period of time and for one reason, because the gospel was preached with power. Amen. That's what I call dynamic church growth. When unashamedly and boldly preached, the gospel of Jesus Christ releases the explosive power of God, resulting in deliverance. Now, by definition, what I mean by deliverance is freedom from demonic oppression and demonic possession. Amen. I want to share a story where Jesus delivers a woman from a spirit of infirmity. She received a healing, but before she could receive her healing, she had to be freed of a spirit of infirmity that was directly causing that infirmity. Amen. It's very instructive. Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 10. Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 10 in the New King James Version. This is talking about Jesus. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Evidently, this spirit of infirmity manifested in severe arthritis and she was bent over and couldn't raise herself up and had been that way for 18 years. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the doctors of the law immediately pounced on Jesus because he healed her on the Sabbath day. Talk about missing the forest for the trees. No pun intended. Pastor Forrest. So Jesus scolds them here in verse 16. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? Think of it for 18 years. Be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. Amen. So this shows you that this was satanically inspired. This spirit of infirmity was sent from the kingdom of Satan to bring sickness and disease into her life. And in this case, it manifested as severe arthritis. Bent over for 18 years. Can you imagine living your life looking at the dirt, looking at the floor most of your life? Horrible existence. So we've had some examples of salvation, healing, and deliverance that we find in the Word, but I want you to know that these kind of things happen to real people in modern times. So I'm going to share with you something that happened to me back in 1992 in Minden, Louisiana, in a church called Living Word Worship Center, where the pastor, that was my home church, the pastor had discovered my gift and honored my gift, and I ended up preaching many times from the pulpit as a result, this particular night in 1992, I was preaching on it is the will of God for you to be healed. You know, because if you can establish that in people's hearts and minds, it is much, much easier for them to receive a miracle or a healing. And that night, I'm telling you what, there were miracles. People came forth. We had a healing line of about 12, 15 people after I finished preaching. And the first woman that I laid hands on received an instant manifestation. 
And then I went down the line and there were several that were receiving instant manifestations. I was praying. I was in the zone and I was really pumped up that I was having so much success because I preached the word of the Lord. And I got about two thirds of the way down the line and I came to this woman that I found out later was a 27 year old mother of three. Single mother of three. So immediately, you know, when I found out I had some affinity for her because my mom raised three boys in my family. I was raised by a single mom. But anyway, I didn't know any of that at the time. All I knew is that she had something wrong with her. And so I said, what can I do for you? What's going on? What is wrong with you? She says, I've been deaf in my left ear since I was a baby. Will you pray for me? I said, absolutely. Mind you, I got two-thirds of the line where the power of God was moving mightily. And I laid hands on her, and I started praying for her. I started quoting the word. I started speaking in tongues in two or three different dialects. I was just getting it on. And it was just like it was bouncing off this lady. I mean, she didn't appear to be an evil lady or anything, but, I mean, she was just a normal young woman. And it, this power was bouncing off and coming back to me, and I was like totally flummoxed. That's a real word. You can look it up later. And so I asked the Lord privately, you know, inwardly, Lord, what's going on here? This is embarrassing. What's going on? And I heard the Lord speak to me so clearly. He said, it is a spirit of infirmity. If you do not deal with the spirit, she will not be healed. And I was like arguing with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, Pastor Bill, this is only like the third time he's asked me to preach. And, you know, I start casting out devils in his church. I may never preach in here again. He said, would you rather disobey me? I was like, whoa. And I saw I, I, I just sort of backed up and I still asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And he, sa he said it to me three times. It is a spirit of infirmity. Deal with the spirit and she will be healed. So I said to myself, well, as my wrestling coach used to say, reckless abandon, Scott, reckless abandon. Just give it all you got, you know. And so what I did is I just took my finger I put my finger in her ear because I saw a healing evangelist do that one time. That's the only reason I did it. This was uncharted territory for me. And then all of a sudden, this holy boldness came on me and I yelled. I said, you foul spirit of deafness, come out of this woman in Jesus name. I pulled my finger out. Her ear popped open and she heard for the first time in 27 years out of that ear. Praise the Lord. Listen, what would have happened if I just kept charging on trying to do it my own way? You got to have sensitivity in the spirit. And sometimes you don't pray the same way for everybody. So I learned a lesson that day. You know, I ask the Lord all the time now when I'm praying for somebody. Is there a spirit of infirmity here? Do I need to deal with that? Well, can I just pray? And the Lord tell you, he'll let you know. Anyway, a little follow up on the story. A couple weeks later. This lady came up to me and she said, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm like, what's the problem? She said, well, you know, I got three young boys and they're pretty loud and rowdy. So on Saturday, when they want to run through the house loud and rowdy and I want to take a nap, I would put my good ear down on the couch and leave my deaf ear up and I would not hear a sound. 
She says, now I can hear a pin drop. I said, take it up with Dr. Jesus. He's the one who healed you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When unashamedly and boldly preached, the gospel of Jesus Christ releases the explosive power of God, resulting in salvation, healing, and deliverance. Let's realize that if we're born again, spirit-filled believers, we carry the power of God with us everywhere we go. It may be the only contact some people have with the power of God, your presence. People all around us need that power actively working in their lives. And we need to remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. Wherever we go, whatever we do, whoever we encounter in the course of our lives and ministries, people need to know that in spite of all that's happened in these last few months, Jesus still loves them. He still saves. He still heals. And He still delivers. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed today's message, The Gospel, The Power of God. If this message has blessed you and you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by donating on our website at gofaithlife.com. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us, and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.